Welcome back to the Vigilant Geek Podcast. This is part two of our podcast regarding the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Once again, my name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media. And I am Holden Orm. Also of Vigilant Geek Media. And with us today, we have New England comic Nathan Burke. Yay! Who's also uh, the owner and operator of Hotcast Studios, where uh, we currently record our show. Uh, so before we start again uh, in uh, regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I just wanted to see if we could get you to do a little impression I've seen you do live quite a few times in your comedy acts. Uh, it's no secret if anyone who's seen you perform that you do an incredible Stan Lee impression. And, you know, what better time, uh, what more appropriate time for you to do this impression than here on the Vigilant so Geek Podcast? what would you like to know? Well, actually, um, if you could start off by just telling me uh, uh, how you came up with the idea for Spider-Man. A lot of people ask me how I came up with the idea for Spider-Man. So this one time I was watching a spider climb up the wall. So I thought to myself, how about Spider-Man? <laughs> and that's it, huh, Stan? That's it. That's how I come up with all my ideas. I just look around the room and add man to it. Interesting. So what? There's a spider. How about Spider-Man? Oh, there's an iron. How about, you know, Iron Man? <laughs> I well, there's a picture of my wife. How about the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, any new uh, fantastic ideas lately? Mr. Fantastic. Oh, Lord. All right, can we get something new and original here, Stan? Yeah, well, anything, anything else? The Thing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Stan, so, something, something fresh here, something raw. How about this? A superhero woman with the ability to control storms. Oh, actually, Stan, that sounds pretty good. Uh, what would you call her? Storm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, well, there you have it. We got Stan Lee in the house. Nathan Burke doing his impression here. God, I love that. It never gets old. Ooh. Oh, that was my phone going off. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Anyways, um, so getting back to uh, these films we were talking about, uh, we... Pardon me, the phone again. <laughs> Fucking phone. Phone's talking. Well, I'm getting text messages here. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. Mr. Popular. All right. Anyways, um, so we had talked about... Mr. Popular. Oh, hey, there's another one. <laughs> there we His go. His superpower is that he's very popular. <laughs> he's got a lot of people reaching out to him, that guy. You know, a, lot of, a lot of faces. Um, so we... A lot of people, a lot of villains don't want to fight him because he's so cool. <laughs> it's it's like Stanley's like um like he, him just working out as like high school experience. <laughs> yeah, that's what they called me, Mister Popular. People would bring me free sandwiches, <laughs> or at least that's what I would have liked to have happened. <laughs> So phase <laughs> phase two ended with Ant Man. Originally, I wanted the show Superhumans. <laughs> I had the idea for a man who could 
break cement blocks over his skull. And another person who could, who could was so flexible <laughs> that they would warp their body through a, through a tennis racket. But what I originally wanted to be on the show was, uh, Actor Peter North. <laughs> Peter North. Okay. Who had a superhuman skill. Which was? Of ejecting uh, mass amounts of of semen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh... As we, as we all know, with great power... Comes great responsibility. Oh, right. And that is, uh, Nathan Burke, uh, doing, right. doing his Stan Lee impression for us there. Uh, we're, we're not a PG-13 podcast anymore, I guess. We, we, we were hoping to be, but not. not I can always cut that out. No, no, we're not going to cut that. That's gold. <laughs> that's that's yeah, gold. It's, it's too funny. I think I played it clean, at least. Anywho, uh, so we're talking about phase two ending this past week with Ant-Man and, uh, uh, we talked about how much fun that movie was. Uh, another movie with uh, a similar tone like Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, where you have a lot of uh, comedy thrown in the mix there. Uh, Paul Rudd did a fantastic job as Scott Lang. Uh, now, Nathan, uh, you uh, one of your uh, all-time favorite writers ended up uh, co-writing that script. Uh, yeah. And uh, you have a little background info that I found uh, fantastic, uh, regarding. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Adam McKay, actually, I, I, you know, just seeing the credits, I hadn't really read up on who wrote Ant-Man, but, um, him and someone else, I, I really want to find out who the other writer was, but, uh, yeah, Adam McKay was a former Saturday Night Live writer who also went on to write a lot of things with Will Ferrell, like, uh, like Step Brothers and Anchor, the Anchorman movies he directed. Uh, he comedy gold. Those are some of my yeah. favorite comedy movies, easily. Absolutely, and uh, and he also wrote a lot of stuff. Some of my favorite sketches from SNL, and I'm not I'm not a hundred percent positive on this, but I think he wrote some of the weirder stuff that they wrote on SNL with Will Ferrell, like uh, the Bill Brasky stuff, Bill <laughs> Brasky sketches. I think I I need to check on this, but he was around during that time. Awesome. Um, the Mr. Tarkanian, him, uh, um, Will Ferrell as the doctor, as like the, some of the my dumb favorite, doctor. some of my favorite material. Um, bring in Dr. Poop. And yeah, yeah I laugh <laughs> at his name, but he may very well be the man that'll save your life. <laughs> and he, sorry, I can't diagnose your daughter, but I can do the robot. That'll be $5,000. He, he also did, uh, a lot of people don't remember the digital shorts back in the late nineties. Like before, you know, Andy Samberg and well, all like those ex, guys. Well, like ex-presidents and um, was that before his time? That was, um, I can't, no, that was around the same time, but, you know, like ambiguously gay duo. Oh, uh, yeah. no, that was him? I don't know if that was him, but that was around that time. He might have helped write on that, but uh, uh, like, uh, I can't think of his name. The guy. those were funny. The TV Funhouse with, uh, I can't think of the writer's name. Damn. I can't think of it, but. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. TV Funhouse. That was a separate. Oh, um, Robert Smigel. Yes, Robert Smigel. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Who also did the um, the the dog there? Insult comic and, dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Triumph. Yeah. Triumph the insult. Yeah, comic well, dog. that's oh, Conan fame. But uh, oh yeah, no, you you won't find comedy gold like that again for a while, unfortunately. But yeah, Adam McKay did a directed a lot of those digital shorts back in those days. 
which no one really remembers and I can't find anywhere. So if anyone listening to this can provide me with a link to some of those digital shorts from the late 90s that Adam McKay directed. Yeah, those were hilarious go ahead and, and very uh, bizarre. If you can send that link to either nburke18 at gmail.com <laughs> or, or at I am Nathan Burke or, or at Hotcast Studio. <laughs> Exactly. Any of those Twitter places handles that I use. That would uh that would just be phenomenal. So um oh interesting stuff there. Uh, one of the many reasons why Ant-Man uh, has been such a success is the fantastic writing they did on that movie too. So that can be accredited to Adam McKay uh as well as others uh that we hadn't really researched. Also Paul <laughs> Paul Rudd is just a hilarious comedic actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He plays a good uh Straight man. He doesn't yeah. try to be over the top hilarious. It's just he, uh, I think it's just like, like his personality as the character Scott Lang. I mean, he's so on point with it that just like him trying to get through life, like scraping by, like is in the way he does it, it uh, is funny enough. Uh, yeah, man, you don't lie to Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins always finds out. Oh yeah, out. Baskin, Baskin <laughs> Robbins will always find out, man. <laughs> oh, uh, good stuff. Yeah, that was, in that you can tell that was like a lot of like Adam McKay stuff in there. Just like, just totally random, had nothing to do with the plot type of jokes that were just shoehorned in there. That he's just like, I'm gonna try to get this past Marvel, probably. <laughs> just, and, and I loved it. I loved the yeah. fact that. Did you see him on Conan? I didn't. He, uh, he, you know, every time he's on Conan, every time Paul Rudd's on Conan, he does, he does, he plays the same clip from an 80s movie. Oh, I've seen the video online. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he does it every time. He's probably done it like in, it's like in the teens, like that amount of time <laughs> that, uh, he's played it and he was on Conan this time and he was like, Marvel's not going to let me do that. He's like, I know I do it every time. Marvel's not going to let me do that. So they started playing the clip to Ant-Man and then it cut off and it went to the <laughs> <laughs> Just can't get away from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, he's like, Marvel's going to get so mad at me. <laughs> that's priceless though. Yeah, it's still good publicity, though. It is, cause, you know, he's still People are gonna to go to see you, be like, oh, he stuck it to the man, not really, cause everyone knows he's an Ant-Man anyway, go see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy kinda opened the door for that, like the comedic, uh. Oh yeah, no, they're pioneers in this whole comic book movie thing that's really exploded since CGI has just become so incredible. Uh, and, but before your Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, came out, you know, Superhero movies sort of had the same tone. They were sometimes a little darker, uh, but they never had that like real comedic tone to it. Yeah, uh, they take themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. And and Marvel just wasn't afraid to do that. Well, Iron Man had a lot of comedic uh, qualities to it. Well, yeah, when you have a character like Tony Stark that's he's just naturally a wise ass and thinks he's the smartest man in the room, mm-hmm. but it's just so charismatic at the same time. Uh, you can do a lot more with that as opposed to a stoic character like a Bruce Wayne or a Frank Castle where they, you can really only approach that character one way. Uh, so Marvel has done a great job of identifying what characters they can play around with like that and then executing that through films. And, uh, yeah, I, I suppose Iron Man, uh, was the first superhero movie to really start taking a different tone and then the tone, uh, you know, completely uh changed uh at the t- by the time the guardians of the galaxy came along uh which led led way to ant-man being a somewhat uh action comedy if you will mm-hmm. right and so. then um uh, i guess another thing that ant-man and in tandem with avengers age of ultron what they're doing is they're now really expanding on the characters within the marvel universe 
by the end of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, we have the new characters uh, truly established. Uh, Falcon, War Machine, Scarlet Witch, Vision. I know um, there's like at yeah. least four of them. Yeah, there's like four new Avengers that are going to be trained as sort of the junior varsity team, uh, which I'm sure every single one of them will be in uh, Captain America Civil War, which we'll discuss momentarily when we get into Phase 3. Uh, along with Ant-Man, the Wasp was supposed to be in Civil War. Apparently she's not anymore. I don't know why. Uh, but you're gonna start to see an influx of all these characters from these Marvel flicks, uh, meet, joining up together in future films. And this is a great segue to get into Phase 3 and some of the films we can look forward to for the upcoming five years or so. Right. Uh, as of right now, Phase 3 hasn't really begun. Um, this is gonna be a real gossipy segment. But that's fine because we can be we can be gossipy. Oh, plus it's fun to think about upcoming films and and weighing in on how we'd like to see them portrayed on the screen or what direction they're gonna go with the film, what the storylines maybe. Yeah, it's just fun to think about. So you know, uh, the first confirmed Phase Three film that we will witness is Captain America Three: Civil War, which could might as well be Avengers Three with all the Avengers characters that will be in this movie. Exactly. This is uh, the first time we're going to see the new Spider-Man that has been cast as Tom Holland. This is the first time we'll see him on screen. Um, the new Black Panther is going to be in there. Well, actually, just Black Panther in general. That Black Panther has never been featured. Uh, uh, and that would be uh, Chadwick Boseman. I'm not familiar with any of his work, but now if you're at a cocktail party and you're talking about all sorts of comic books and stuff... You can go ahead and say, hey, did you hear that Black Panther is going to be Chadwick Boseman? And then everyone will be like, oh, that's great. I'm going to have a sip of my drink. I think one thing that's very understated about this whole thing, like the whole Avengers uh, uh, movie series, is like how unprecedented that is in, in film. Like to have so many different movies and so many different characters intertwine into different movies. How many has it been now? Like ten? Oh, I mean, we get the list right it's, here. It's, There's been uh, over a, over a dozen, yeah, I mean, almost two dozen movies. And that's insane. That's never been done in in cinematic history One, ever two. with anything. Yeah, and, and they, I, they, I oh, think yeah. that people they, don't recognize that. It's like that's going to set the stage for so many things to come. Like, there's because the the big screen is sort of dying in a way to to the to the small screen in like shows and everything you know? well yeah especially they, you get all those series and netflix great, that you know series netflix yeah and that's going to kind of open the door for not just action movies but you could even have dramas that intertwine with each other that have characters in different movies that go into the next movie yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, Marvel is certainly, like uh, of, oh yeah. 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 Uh, Mar 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 Marvel's pioneers, uh, in this game. They, they are, you know, the first franchise or the first big, uh, corporation to really use these franchises like this. Uh, mm -hmm. it's never been done. Obviously, DC is taking note of this and is trying to follow suit with their cinematic universe. Uh, but it's definitely, it's revolutionary. Uh, they have the large, massive amount of characters to do it with. 
even with the X-Men being Fox properties, they still have enough characters to do this. And, and what's going to result is an amazing, uh, two-part, uh, movie event where you're going to have all the Avengers. You're going to have Spider-Man. You're going to have Ant-Man and the Wasp. You're going to have all the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's just amazing to think about. It's a great, amazing time to be a fan. The fact that, uh, X-Men is a Fox property kills me, by the way. It's, oh, man. It, it, it Preaching really to the choir. It, cause that's my favorite franchise is X-Men. My favorite, like, I grew up watching the X-Men animated series. Oh yeah. And it kills me that they can't intertwine that legally. Not yet anyways. Studios. Not yet. I, I don't think you'll yeah. ever, we'll ever see any wiggle room from Fox either. Well, I, I don't know what the statute of limitations on that. I mean, they couldn't have signed a contract for that long. It might have been lasted for. When did that come out? Like 2000? Yeah, they had it in 2000. I don't think they, they couldn't have just signed up the whole rights away. There had to be some sort of, I mean, it might be a long time. It might be something like 30 or 40 years. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I mean, well, no, it, nobody's it, seen the contract, so you don't really know how long they actually had the agreement for. But think about it this way. If Marvel hadn't do, hadn't have done that in the beginning, uh, and Brian Singer hadn't have taken the X-Men franchise to where he took it, uh, we might not have a Marvel Cinematic Universe True. to discuss right now. So in a way, they had to spend a little to make a little, so to speak. Um, and luckily, at least you still have those grouping of characters that are getting films. You know, you talk about some of the films uh, that came out during Phase 1 and Phase 2 that were not uh, directly linked to Phase 1 and Phase 2. I mean, you got... Uh, X-Men, uh, Days of Future Past, which came out in phase two, which was a box office so smash. Good. That was my favorite X-Men movie. It's so amazing. It first was class so was really good. First class. X-Men was First good. Class also that came out in, I mean, uh, phase one. Uh, they're doing a lot of great things with the X-Men franchise. Yeah. I they mean, are. some other ones that they didn't really, what that they had to work to get back in the, like, they had to make an agreement with Sony to get Spider-Man back in the mix, which, that's just a win-win for everybody. Everyone's gonna make a lot of money. Because yeah. of that. And fans will be happy because their cinematic universe is going to incorporate Spider-Man now. You're going to see him in a lot of different movies. He's going to have his own solo movie. He's going to be in Civil War. He's going to be in Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, they referenced him in the end of Ant-Man. I mean, they have, right. they have a lot of continuity going on between things. I mean, watching the movies now, it almost has the same kind of feel as watching one of these primetime HBO shows where... Real great uh, production value, real, just everything feels like a two hour long episode in this thing called the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's got the same kind of... And it's very bizarre and it's very new and I think it deserves a little credit for them to to be doing all this with uh, changing film. It's just completely unprecedented uh, because these actors are locked into these very long term contracts. Once yeah. you get one of those deals, you're set for life. Pretty much, but at the same time, like you, you're not allowed to go do like, oh, well, I want to go make an independent film where I'm eating cake in front of a mirror. <laughs> I guess they don't really have time to do that kind of stuff anymore. But at the same time, like, like they're really involved in something special here. Yeah, <laughs> I know there there are some actors that are starting to think about you know, when their last appearances are going to be. We have Hugh Jackman, who is going to be making one more Wolverine movie, apparently based on the Old Man Logan arc to some extent. It's going to be entitled Old Man Logan, I guess. So, you know, go figure. Um, 
we have Chris Evans, who's sort of looking on for a way out of Captain America right now. Uh, God, man, why would you look at? Why would you? Like, what else is? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been at it for like a little over ten years. I think part of what I'm, I'm predicting is with the introduction of these new characters like Falcon and Vision and the Scarlet Witch, what they're going to do is eventually they're going to phase out some of these Avengers that are like. Stalwart Avengers, like the Avengers that were there in the beginning, and they're going to phase them out, and they're going to replace them with these new characters. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's really going away until the infinity, the end of the Infinity War movies. Yeah, that's gonna once be a game once changer. those finish, they're going to go ahead, they're going to hang up the tights, and they're going to let somebody else either take on the role, or they're going to uh, organically come up with new characters to take up the uh, become part of the Avengers team. This you know, is just a prediction, and, and, and it's that's a, how it, it usually goes anyway. You know, you know, it's a good prediction, and it's, it could be what very well what happens. But what I'm wondering is at that point, you look at the amount of films that they've created, three phases of movies. I mean, how much more is the public going to want to see on screen? Me, I'll watch these movies till the day I croak, but, you know, I'm also a huge fan. Uh, I could very well see them, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe at least taking like a long intermission after Infinity War. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm probably gonna be wrong. Uh, they'll probably still, they'll try to make a phase four somehow. I don't know. I mean, they have enough material. Once again, you look back at the source material, you look back at all the years and years and years of arcs that they've written, they can certainly keep making phases of movies for the next couple of decades at least. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to want to and if the public's going to want to see it. But Well, I think what's going to happen is, is a lot of these lesser-known characters like uh like Moon Knight or they might give the Punisher another shot or might give Nova a try or might even try something like Spider-Woman. Yeah, um, they might get some of their stronger female characters more of a chance cuz until we get Captain Marvel, which I think is what 2018, 2019. Yeah, they have a release date for November 2nd, 2018. Okay. They have not casted Captain Marvel. They have not ca- uh hired a director. I hear Angelina Jolie's looking to direct that, and Charlene Theron wants the role. I don't think they even have a script, but uh, I think Charlize Theron would be excellent in that movie. I I think she would be the perfect Carol Danvers. Uh, She's a strong woman. She has played strong roles. If you've seen Mad Max yet, you definitely know that. If you've seen uh, Aeon Flux, you know that as well. She she can handle the tough female role uh, in space. So uh I hope that that goes through but yeah not not a lot uh in regards to news uh with that flick but let's hear let's peer through some of these other uh films to be expected in phase 3 so we have Civil War we also have uh the Doctor Strange film with Benedict Cumberbatch uh um. who is going to be an excellent Stephen Strange I think uh, you know, if you've seen him in Sherlock or in, uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, uh, Into Darkness, the second Star Trek flick, uh, you know, he's definitely got the right demeanor, uh, for a Doctor Strange. You know, Doctor Strange almost is kind of like, he's mystical, but he's kind of like an over-intelligent, uh, type of guy, kind of like a, a Sherlock Holmes in a way. He's very well-informed. Well-informed, absolutely. He's in the uh, know. He knows, and, he knows about stuff. And, and, and Benedict Cumberbatch is, is the kind of actor that can play that character, like, you know, Mr. Nodal. He's perfect. 
so that'll that'll be a film to look forward to. Uh, also, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, James Gunn is re- uh, bleh, James Gunn is writing that script as we speak. Uh, he's also going to be directing the movie. Uh, that'll be something to look forward to. I'm sure we'll get to. Find out a little bit more about the Infinity Gems. Uh, anytime you introduce a cosmic entity in the Marvel Universe, typically you find out a little more about what's going on with the Infinity Gems. Uh, let's see. So after that uh, brings us to the Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Uh, then we're looking at Thor 3, uh, Ragnarok. Which is just hard to say. It really is. It's like a tongue twister. Thor 3. Thor 3. Uh Ragnarok, uh, once again, uh, you're dealing with cosmic entities there. There should certainly be some mention of some infinity, infinity stones. And that brings us to Avengers Infinity War Part 1. And then, yeah, this would be an enormous, an enormous, uh, almost a crossover event within movies that are crossover events within themselves. I imagine the movie's gonna be around three hours long, and that'll just be Part 1. And then, then they're going to pack in all that Marvel goodness and then release part two uh, exactly a year later. And uh, if I could just say one more thing about this Infinity War nonsense, uh, what I find just ultimately cool uh, in regards to them throwing all these different Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy characters in the mix for that event, uh, in addition to that, they are also... Uh, going to include characters from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., such as uh, Earthquake and Mockingbird. John Tenta? Uh, possibly. That's a- <laughs> I don't know who John Tenta is. Uh, but- Earthquake. Oh, the wrestler. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there was a wrestler Earthquake, too, but uh, I guarantee you that the Marvel Will Jimmy comics- Hart be managing him? <laughs> <laughs> the mouth from the south? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Will he be teaming with Typhoon? Uh, very possible, very possible. Uh, I would love to see, uh, WWE's Earthquake and Typhoon in, uh, the natural Infinity disasters, War. Yeah. yeah, the natural disasters, man. They, they there should were... be a Marvel WWE crossover, as one of them. I'd probably, uh, have a heart attack right then and there, <laughs> but, uh, that would be something. So, I, um. I've been, I've been very geekily playing this, uh, this cell phone game, WWE Immortals. It's like a fighting game. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Everyone has superpowers. Don't, don't they give all these WWE stars, these main eventers, their own secret, like special powers? Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's well, actually really cool. There's a lot of obvious ones, like Undertaker's obviously like a smooth transition into that. Mm. Um, well, like, his gimmick is almost like exactly like something you'd have in a fighting game. Yeah. Or and something you'd have in a comic book too. I mean, the Undertaker. Imagine him as a comic book villain, like you know, like kind of like a grim reaper type character that he'll right. he'll he'll give you a choke slam into a casket. In fact, I think they actually did have an Undertaker comic book. Oh, I believe it. They've they've had WWE comics yeah. before, definitely. Right. Yeah, like, he's definitely an easier one or like him or like a Kane or a Mankind. What, was, what are what are John Cena's powers? Uh, oh god. I I think like like there's different characters, there's different offshoots. He'll of just stun you with an awesome you rhyme. Like, you like collect different cards that have like the different. Uh, so they on. what? They have different skins. That so there's like more than pretty sets. much, pretty much, sort of. And uh, that's awfully of, involved for a. One phone of them's game. like a little. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. It's not bad. It's addicting. But it's uh, one of them's like he's kind of like a Street Fighter type guy. But the other one's like a like a superhero, like a Superman type. 
like Super Cena. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. yeah, um, it's not bad. And there's like a Necromancer Undertaker skin. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's cool what one. he is in real life. He's actually, yeah. uh, the dead man. Yeah, he's got, I'm sure his I like, I like patrolled the, uh, by zombies and vampires. Right. I liked the, uh, the error of the dead man when he was a badass biker. He drives oh, stupid motorcycles. That's probably the most unpopular uh, <laughs> version of the Undertaker. Oh god, no! I despise that version. But uh, oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's in it as like he he looked. Was he throw beer cans at people? He does. <laughs> no he does. way. No way. Yeah, but he's like he's like a frost golem of some. He's like, <laughs> like Stone Cold, but he's like a. Uh, um, like almost like a White Walker in Game of Thrones. Like he's like a he's like a frost zombie. He like punches people and like snowflakes like fly into the air. It was like an effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, pretty much. <laughs> clearly, whoever invented this game is a genius. Yeah. It's I think it's made by Mortal Kombat. Awesome people. Yeah, Capcom. They make the best fighting games. So down. yeah, it's it's actually very fun. And there's a Marvel version. There's like a Marvel game similar to it, I guess, that came out recently. Yeah. Phone game. Unreal. Hear that, Andrew? It's only for smartphones. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. I'm still not getting a smartphone. I'm staying off the grid as much as, much as possible. But don't you want to go to work and be like, oh, I got some downtime. I'm going to fight people with my phone. Mm. Well, I'm thinking I, of downloading it, actually. I'm I got a Sega Game Gear at work for that, so that's okay. I, I rock it old school. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. You have a Game Gear at work? I had one I, of those, but that was ooh, so long ago. I keep nice. it, uh, yeah, I keep it at my work locker. I hope nobody from work's listening, but, uh, yeah, I rock <laughs> that thing, uh, in between rounds at, at the plant. Yeah. I, uh, I had the, um, Sega Nomad. What the hell is that? That was a, a big, a big handheld device that, and I'll, and I'll relate this back to X-Men. But, uh, it was cause I played the X-Men Sega game on it relentlessly. Oh, that was, that was a good one. It was yeah. a big giant handheld thing. Oh, but it uh, played actual Sega Genesis you put the, games. Yep, you put the Sega Genesis game in it. Like an actual oh, cartridge. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And it had like a, probably like a, like an eight battery pack on it. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. It was yeah. awesome. And I still have it. Like, it probably still works if I put batteries in it. But, yeah, I used to play Greatest Heavyweights on it. Oh, I love that game. Don't run away. Pansy, sucker, <laughs> I'm so pretty, I'm going to marry you. The X-Men <laughs> game, which is awesome. That X-Men game where you could play as Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm Nightcrawler. Gambit. Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler, yeah. Yep. And, uh... And Gambit. And Storm, yeah, and Storm. Well, right? actually, then you had the ones that you that you can have them show up and help you. I guess right. there was only right. like four four playable characters. There was like a summon thing. Yeah, so I guess the, what the playable ones were Gambit, Cyclops, uh, Nightcrawler, hmm. and Wolverine. Yeah, that you gotta have Wolverine. Wolverine. It's a you gotta decent have game. It was a pretty good game. It was pretty solid, man. Yeah, Sega Genesis was really when like Marvel started having like decent video games. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even gonna say they're great, but uh, I know like. If you play any of the Marvel games from like early Nintendo or Super Nintendo, it's just, uh, the gameplay is just frustrating as hell. Well, for one thing, there's just too much, um, that, that came, that you'd have to do to make it a good game for like those 8-bit, 16-bit oh, yeah. games. Yeah. Well, there aren't too many like really legendary old one like video games that are really good. I guess we're getting off topic, but that's pretty good. Oh, sure there are. Oh, and we will Not have superhero we'll, stuff. We're gonna uh, have we're gonna have a like a like a, a, a Spider- massive. We're gonna Spider Man uh, Maximum Carnage was a really good one. Oh, for Sega, right? Uh, I think that was on all that platforms. Gener- it was that and Super that Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that. I remember that game. That was pretty good. 
And we'll have a major uh, gaming podcast uh, coming up you mm-hmm. know, within the next few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, but, gentlemen, uh, I suppose it's time to get back on task here and wrap up uh, the rest of these films. Uh, so with that being said, we... Go uh, for it. Well, we had talked about uh, The Infinity War Part 1, and after that, apparently... Uh, there's going to be a Black Panther solo film, uh, along with Captain Marvel. Uh, we don't know too, too much about those right now. As Sorry to break up your Black Panther party. Forrest <laughs> <laughs> Gump will be making yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't even know what the, I'm not too familiar with any Black Panther storylines, but I mean, Black Panther falls into a lot of the pitfalls that Aquaman falls into in the fact that He's a superhero character while also being a king uh, and a ruler of an entire people. Um, so I don't know how that'll go. A lot of people are really excited about this title, though. Hmm. He's kind of your Batman slash Aquaman king character who's, like, really smart. He's, like, really good at science. He can science things. <laughs> and, uh, the, the big part that, not necessarily Black Panther, but his nation, his, his fictitious nation of Wakanda plays within the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the Marvel Universe as a whole, uh, is that the, uh, mystical element of vibranium, which is the metal that is used for Captain America's shield, among other things, throughout the Marvel U. I always forget that. Uh, yeah, that was mined and found uh, in Wakanda and only in Wakanda. So Black Panther sort of has this uh, fictitious natural resource that he guards uh, as well uh, while guarding his nation and, and leading it. Uh, so there's that aspect, too, which makes, uh, makes Wakanda an important place to know about uh, within the Marvel Universe. I have a uh, elemental question about uh, uh so vibranium is what Captain America's shield is made out of mm-hmm. yes which uh, not to be confused with adamantium which is what Wolverine's skeleton is made out so of so I think I think for a time I confused the two Oh I I mean uh, that's easy to do uh two different metals and What's uh, stronger that's also a good question, and I'm sure it's been tested in Marvel arcs before. Uh, I personally don't have the answer to that, though. I don't I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards adamantium. Uh, they don't really talk about vibra- vibranium all that much. Although... Well, it depends on what titles you read. Yeah, cause, I mean, Wolverine's gotten in a, in the fisticuffs with uh, Captain America before in the books. It's always mm-hmm. been a stalemate. I mean, it'll it'll scratch the shield, but it won't, like, cut it up. So okay. it's kind of gotcha. In other words, we don't know, but <laughs> that, that that would really be something cool to see. Every time I've seen uh, Cap and Wolverine, uh, uh, you know, get into a scuffle, it's always ended in a stalemate. Mm. So I don't really know. I would like to know the atomic weight of adamantium and vibranium. Well, so, <laughs> you know, we? uh, once again, yeah. that's something that that I'm sure the Mar- uh, any creative team at Marvel could pull yeah. out of their ass for Probably. you. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't know, I, I, I always wonder about, like, cause they come up with these things and I, I always want to know what the, what the ranking is of these. 
Yeah, well, you know, fictional elements. It's it's important as uh, you know, if if you if you're a writer, it's important that when you do create like a fictitious place or a fictitious item or element of some sort to have some good background info. I mean, obviously, you create something, you're going to create the backstory that goes along with it. But uh, there's always going to be those fans out there that are going to want right. to ask those questions. There needs to be like some element of reality, I guess. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, like, yeah, it has to be grounded in. in uh, absolutely. Which I think they do a good job of is grounding it in like some science, even though if it, I mean, even if it's like ridiculous, like it's. Still, oh yeah, well, I mean, they make attempts to make it. They make attempts to try to link it back to science mm-hmm. to like you know explain it in a way that that would make some sort of sense, and sometimes it works. And sometimes it doesn't. One of my qualms, one of my big qualms I have uh, in doing that is it seems like almost every character in comic books has been turned into a superhero due to radiation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now that's obviously not the case for every character, but you know, you're, like you're Spider-Man and your Hulk and the radioactive spider ants. Let me tell you a little something about radiation. Uh, if you're exposed to it, you will die. <laughs> You you will not turn into a superhero. You will fucking die. You're going to get radiation sickness. You're going to lose your hair. You're going to lose your teeth. Your skin's going to turn a weird color. Uh, you'll get cancer. Uh, so, you know, when someone tells me, you know, oh, uh, yeah, uh, there's radiation and he turned green and now he's the Hulk. And yeah. it's like, yeah, well, you might turn green, but you're going to get radiation sickness it'll and be die. Less, it'll be less like the Hulk and more like the Hills Have Eyes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's kind of interesting about that is uh, you, different hero, different characters take on different powers and abilities based on the time period in which they're created. In the very early days, it was kind of an atomic era. The atomic bomb just right. became a thing. It was just unlocked. Yeah. And, oh, what else can it do? So you go ahead and you got Spider-Man being bit by uh, radioactive spiders and the power cosmic transforming uh, the Fantastic Four. And then the mutants, human beings become – start uh, their DNA starts evolving and they be, these people get powers – Mm-hmm. The mute, yeah, the, the whole mutant thing, yeah, yeah, and mutant then genes, uh, genealogy, and all that jazz. And then, I mean, and then from there it evolved to, all right, well, humanity's really involved with the genome and DNA and genetics, and then now that's a big cause of people being gifted with abilities. And um, I guess there's mm-hmm. a couple other errors, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean then then you talk about like you know and then there's the Cold War and everything like was, uh, oh yeah there's been so many so many period. great stories that have been based on that uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is uh, the Dark Knight Returns that's another that's a great Cold War uh, comic um, but you know there's there's been a ton of touch upon that during that time period uh i can't think of who's the weapon x russian guy that's uh omega red yes omega red yep russians were bad guys they were easy easy bad guys in comic books for i mean they still are but they have been (laughs) they have there's always pro wrestling and in pro wrestling oh yeah (laughs) you get like uh uh what's his face Uh, i can't think of his name right now the iron sheik well, he was, yeah, he, and he was teammates. They had the, Nikolai uh, Volkov. Yeah. Nikolai Volkov. yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's sing the Russian and, and national anthem. Russians, uh, just make great bad guys. They just do. They were bad Same, guys. Yeah. Back Bond, then. Bond movies. Bond movies. I mean, anything. Uh, even in, uh, this, this first season of Daredevil, uh, the Russians were like a big, 
uh, adversary uh, at the beginning. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're the Joker to uh, America's Batman, basically. They're, they're I, just, I yeah, throughout time, they're just. The... <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, but hey, you know, they serve their purpose, I guess. <laughs> the quintessential villain. Exactly. Uh, and it's okay to pick on them because they pick on us too. Uh, it's not like, uh, other ethnicities. It's brotherly love. It's brotherly love. That's right. Well, <laughs> we, I don't know if that's exactly how we want to put it, but. There's a, a Vegeta <laughs> to our Goku, I'll say. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a, that's a good, uh, anime reference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Holden got that one. He's our yeah. yeah. Holden got it. I Hol- Holden, Holden and Nate are both anime guys. I I'm out in left field on that one. So, mm-hmm. um, that's why uh, we try to touch upon all different aspects of geekdom on the Visual and Geek because there's so many different little niches that different people are experts on. So, good stuff, guys. So, um, <laughs> uh, we talked about Phase Three. Uh, we also um mentioned uh that the Infinity War uh. Is a two-parter. So after Captain Marvel, uh, we just have part two where the Infinity War wraps up. And then the, uh, the only thing that's announced after that so far, which I'm sure they're going to announce other movies, is the, uh, Inhumans. And the Inhumans are, I guess they originally appeared as part of, uh, characters that, uh, were introduced with, with the, uh, Fantastic Four book. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's where they, uh, originated. They, um, their base origins are they are a group of human beings that were genetically experimented on by the Kree. And they look like normal humans until they go through a process called terragenesis where uh, they, they, there's this element called uh, terragen, I believe. Terragen mists. Yeah, they go through the mists. And what it is is people are selected to go through this process. And then what it does is... It evolves these characters and gives them uh, these incredible powers based on who they are, and um, and they become they're very powerful. And uh, they've actually just started being introduced, I believe, in season two of uh, Agents, Agents of Shield. Of Shield. Yeah. And they actually had an arc in Marvel called the Inhumans arc where they, they're really trying to introduce these characters and get them, uh, out there. Uh, a lot of stuff about the Inhumans is very interesting. Uh, right now I'm kind of finding their, their subject kind of dry. It's kind of new territory. They, they, it's this new property. They, there's so many different things that they could do with it. Um, how long, it, uh, do you know how long the Inhumans have been around before in, in Marvel comics? Cause, uh, I saw them, sort of start popping up in story arcs at the turn of the new millennium, but I don't know when they originated. I was wondering if you might. Uh, that's something I don't know. If I were going to wager a guess, I imagine they would have popped up sometime in the 80s. They have a lot of backstory, but they never really had books of their own. Um, hmm. Uh, they're very powerful beings. They got they have their own feudal system where uh, where they they follow a king. They have a main capital. It is called Adalon. Uh, it, it was a floating city which I believe was hiding invisibly above Manhattan, and then something happened which caused an event so that it crashed into like the harbor in New York. Now they got this they got this country that's independent, which is a city state in the middle of New York Harbor, and they got. Uh, 
these different things. They don't know where their king is. Black Bolt and his queen Medusa is kind of running the show. A lot of new Inhumans are showing up across the globe because they had uh, Inhuman ancestors who interbreeded with humans, but they still had Inhuman um, qualities. And right now there's these Terrigen mist clouds like floating across the earth. It's going through, and then when these people with inhuman genes, they uh, go into a cocoon state, and those that are strong and worthy end up emerging from the cocoons with like super-powered abilities, and others who don't make it, they end up just dying because they weren't strong enough to go through the process. Um, And, uh, I mean, things are kind of chaotic for them right now as far as the books are concerned. Uh, They're really trying to push the books... It's something I want to get into, but, like, I don't have infinite funds, so I'd much rather read things, like, uh, that I know for a fact are going to be good. I mean, I'm always trying to read new stuff, but at the same time, it's just, if you're reading a book, and if it doesn't have you interested within the first four issues, you really shouldn't feel bad about not reading it. Um, I don't know, that's just my personal feelings on this. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, I personally haven't had a chance to get into the Inhumans either, but what I do think would be pretty neat is um, having them showcased on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then having them spawn out of that into their own feature film. Uh, imagine if that's the way they go. I Wouldn't think that be cool? I mean, I haven't watched season two yet. I have... A whole new group friends of... who do watch it, and they're like, "Oh, this is amazing!" So uh, it's a season two right now is on Netflix. If you want to check it out, you can see what's going on, see if it has any correlation with things that are going on right now. Well, um, do they pop up in season two or season three that's coming up? Or... Uh, no, from what I've heard, season two is pretty much has everything <clears throat> to do with Inhumans. Okay. So I don't know if they, how they're popping up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is how they're popping up in the comics. Um, if they're bringing up new characters, uh, I, I, I imagine that they're establishing a lot of new characters that aren't in the books that will end up becoming in the books because that, that's the power that, uh, that television has as a medium now is that it garnishes enough popularity that certain characters will transfer over to the books. Like Phil Coulson, who's one of the main characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect was a, example. a sub-character in uh, a lot of uh, the Marvel Phase 1 films, such as uh, Iron Man 1, Iron Man... Well, actually, I think he popped up in... Yeah, All, he was in yeah, at the end of Iron Man. He was in the at the end of Iron Man 1. He uh, has a role in Iron Man 2. He shows up in... The original Thor, the, well, the first right. Thor movie, and then he makes an appearance in the first Avengers movie where we think he dies, but then it turns up he comes back, and then now we're mainly seeing him on television. And due to all those uh, on-screen exposures of the character, he's made uh, a fantastic character in the books as well. Yeah, I believe uh, he's popped up in, I believe, some of the X-Men books. Uh, real briefly, I, he has definitely shown up in the Deadpool books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you played a big role in that. And yeah. I believe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually a book that Marvel is offering, and then it's just part of the actual comic continuity. Right. So, I don't know if... I don't know, I just haven't read it. But I know Phil Coulson is definitely going to be in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, good stuff here today. Uh, so that's about all we know right now about phase three. Uh, a lot of hearsay, uh, a lot of fact too, though. And, um, you know, just a lot of really cool stuff to look forward to. You got uh, a whole new team of, uh, fighting heroes in the Inhumans that they're going to be bringing about. Maybe that's how they start, uh, phase four. Who knows? Uh, also, uh, new additions to the cinematic universe, such as Black Panther, Captain Marvel, a new Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and, uh, all of this is just gonna lead up to a giant Infinity War, uh, two-part, um, motion picture event that I just, I just can't wait for. It's just gonna be so much fun. Uh, gentlemen, I think we've done a good job of covering this today. Uh, Nate, Nathan Burke of Hotcast Studios. It has yes, been sir. a real pleasure having you on board the show this week. Oh, thank you for very much for having me. Oh, anytime. Once again, fun. Uh, if you're looking to do your own podcast, uh, contact Nathan Burke of Hotcast Studios. He is at nburke18 at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Or just uh, contact me on Twitter at I am Nathan Burke or at Hotcast Studio. And you could have your very own podcast for a reasonable price and be able to take advantage of some of this uh, excellent equipment that Nathan has at his studio. Uh, so with that being said, I am Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media. I am Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media. And this is Nathan Burke, New England comic and owner and operator of uh, Hotcast Studios. That's right. And we are signing off. Thanks a lot for listening, and stay vigilant.